Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip, which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Hey, I think that Gungans get a bad rep. You're you're ruining a whole race off of just one guy. I mean, come on, these guys are warriors. These guys fought, and they all hated Jar Jar too. Don't, yeah, don't, well, don't throw Gungans under the bus just that, because that, of Jar Jar. That dribbling mess, Boss Nass, isn't doing them any favors either. I love Boss Nass. Oh. I legitimately think Boss Boss Nass is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. <laughs> He's so much. I, I, gone with him. I bet you're a big Dex. Dexter Jetster fan as Dexter's well. great. Ah! Come on. <laughs> you should have got more screen time. No, he's, he's great. Is one of the, that is they a, shouldn't have a 50s cafe. I'll agree with that because, again, that feels like too outworld. But maybe it's just because I love to imagine Dexter as George Lucas with the same, like, neck like air balloon he has tied to his chin but it that's i love dick what do you hate what what do people hate again about dexter what's wrong with dexter it's just why is this guy that knows so much like why is he a short order cook but no but there's like why is anything in star wars anything there's so many weird little characters like that like of course some guy who knows a bunch of stuff is like no i'm done being an adventurer i'm gonna go retire and have my little diner and be happy why can't you what's wrong with that he's not retiring he's he's got an entry-level job at a cafe he's running the place he's whipping up happy meals he's running the place he's a guy who's like what do i want to do with my life i just want to relax cook food just have a little humble life there's so many people who do that aren't there tons like that seems like a thing if somebody wants to retire from craziness and like i've i've worked with people um i mean the the very little film set work i did there was one guy who is a 55 year old PA just because he had done a lot of like producing and stuff and he's like I'm done with like the big stressful stuff just let me you know ask me to give you coffee and I'm happy it happens it's not an unbelievable thing stop pointing at me there's so many weird little things in the original trilogy too I mean what's the like What's the deal with Salacious Crumb? Like, I love Salacious Crumb, but that's another, like, that's a weird little, like, why would you throw that in there? Why not? It's fun. It's Star Wars. It's here for fun. He's a monkey wizard. He's just hanging out. Yeah, and Dexter's just a four-armed chef. He's just hanging out. Has he got four arms or six? He's got four arms. Okay. He's just a four-armed short order cook. He's just hanging out. See, that's my... Do you know know what should have happened? He should have six arms (laughs) and then gone out with that dancer that... Oh, with the six breasts? Yeah, and that would have been perfect. 
It would have been a match made in heaven. But like, here's my thing with the prequels. Is I, <laughs> I think most of the things that people complain about the prequels are as are present in the original trilogy as well. And I think some of it is to a lesser degree. Like, I think. Empire and A New Hope are Can it like go, just top wait, just, class. Just wait. I was all right. Everyone listening, just calm down. Okay, just hear him out. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. Everybody's gonna hate me now. Like I don't know why I'm. I, this should not be a platform for me advertising my podcast. No, no, because everyone's gonna, gonna hate to you it. more. I think that Revenge of the Sith is a better movie than Return of the Jedi. Legitimately, I think it's a better all-around movie. I think Return of the Jedi has an amazing last twenty minutes, and those last twenty minutes are some of the best Star Wars ever. I, I'm, but the I'm rest currently, of the movie... I'm currently tying David up to a stake, <laughs> and I'm about to cook him on an open flame. <laughs> but I, because the rest of the movie is just you know kind of just whatever. There's not a lot to it. It's just random events happening. At least in Revenge of the Sith, the action beats like there's something happening to the story they're affecting the story somehow instead of just a bunch of random action sequences what do you mean random action sequences <laughs> Harrison Ford Han Solo is in Carbonite we've got to get him out and they get him out and then what does he do during that movie what is like oh, you could cut Han Solo out of that whole movie and nothing would change he doesn't do it he doesn't do a thing in that movie would change what would change what does he do he blows up the bunker he, he they, the rest of the rebels could have done that. Leia was doing. No, that. no, no. He makes some uh, some witty remarks. Okay, he he makes some witty remarks. That's that's anyway. <laughs> the best scene of the entire saga is in the start of Return of the Jedi. Sail barge. That's Jabba. the best scene. Yes, no, the best scene. The kid that we've grown up with, the young boy from Tatooine, the <laughs> farmer that looked to the two sons, had a destiny, went out, lived his destiny, was trained, has now returned back to his homeland to face up to the worst dude on the planet, to like- free his friend, sets this trap to get all his friends out on the barge. Hey, last chance, free us, or I'm going to have to kill everyone. Rock. Right, right, right. It is a re- hey R two. I'll, I'll do a backflip and then fling us a lightsaber. It is a really fun scene and it's a really fun cold open. I mean, the all the Dun. time before that of just Dun. every single person getting captured one by one. Like that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, and that just gets really dragged out. Why do they all have to go in one by one? To set it in, because how would you set all the people in place? Because why did you need it? If you just go in, he's a freaking Jedi. You didn't need to set up that insane, elaborate plan. You did. <laughs> but that's... And that's my thing, is that, like, I people say those same things about the prequels, and I'm still like, yeah, but it's fun. There's fun moments. There's a lot of bad stuff in there, too. Like, I'll say that, absolutely, those movies don't deserve Oscars for screenwriting or acting, but, like, Revenge of the Sith, for example, when people talk shit about Revenge of the Sith, they're just talking about one scene... That one scene of, you know, you're breaking my heart, Anakin. Yeah, that's really poorly written, really poorly acted. But the rest of the movie is great. And how is it any worse than I've known? Somehow I've always known. Like, what's worse about that acting than the acting in Revenge of the Sith? I I think you might have something there. But I think the thing with Revenge of the Sith, I, I, I love it. I'm a fan. (laughs) <laughs> Don't worry. And I, I hope so. I, you couldn't do a podcast about Star Wars without at least having some appreciation. No, I don't think That's you've true. listened to a lot of Star Wars podcasts <laughs> That's then. That's true. But um, I think Revenge of the Sith is... Its biggest failing is 
George Lucas didn't watch the original trilogy enough before writing it. Oh, what do you mean by that? Well, that okay, the first 30 minutes of Revenge of the Sith is straight out of OT. That like the whole going on to Grievous's ship, all oh, of the no, banter, no, no. I all mean, of the action. I mean the threads like of how Leia said she remembered her mother. And okay, I know and I know people now can go, Oh, it's just a memory like like but it's just like no, she said she remembered. So See, let's so let's have them. And I, I watched think Lucas was very much aware of that, but he was nah. like, "Yeah, but this is the story I want to tell. Like that's the story I was thinking of then. But now that I'm down to it, I want to do something else. And I rather than rewrite Return of the Jedi no, again. But you don't have to. Like what's written is written. That's and you now as an artist, you've set those parameters, and the parameters are here's one, Obi Wan Kenobi doesn't really know R2-D2. Okay, I, I definitely agree with that. And that was... And, 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 and people can say, well, R2-D2 is just like a microwave. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Why does Obi-Wan Kenobi met, talks to R2-D2 lovingly by name so many times in Revenge of the Sith? So uh, he heat stroke, sun damage, <laughs> fried his brains. No, I definitely like there are a few of those things that like I agree are kind of silly and ridiculous and shouldn't be there. But again, I think the greater picture has so much more to it. Like take Phantom Menace, Jar Jar stuff. A lot of his jokes are terrible, stepping in poop, like all of that garbage. It doesn't really work. I think there's a couple of his gags that really do work. Like the whole tongue grabbing the apple and then when Qui-Gon grabs it. Like, I think that's a legitimately funny scene. I still laugh at that scene. I think there's a lot of the comedy in those movies that still do work. I just think people love to focus on the bad way too much, which is the exact same thing that all the critics were doing when Star Wars Empire and Jedi came out because those had so much critical backlash as well for nitpicking at the same things that people nitpick at the What sort of critics do you mean? There was, I was reading the other day, uh, this article from the New York Times, um, or no, was it the, was it the New Yorker? I'm not. I, let me. I think I can pull it up here. But basically, the I, this this review written in 1980 of Empire Strikes Back, just saying how terrible it was, essentially. Okay, so this was a film review in the New York Times, written in June 15th, 1980, that was titled "The Empire Strikes Back Strikes a Bland Note." And they're saying that I found myself glancing at my watch uh, during the entire screening or it's a big, expensive, time consuming, essentially mechanical operation. There were so many critics at the same time, like I've seen stuff of people saying that it just was robots fighting other robots type of thing, that there was no life in the story and there was the plot was hard to follow. And I'm getting really distracted by a lot of noise. (laughs) But essentially, a lot of the same things that were being said that I feel like are being said about the prequels here. Like, this is what I feel like has happened with with what happened to the prequels, because honestly, I don't think they're that much different than the original trilogy or that much, quote unquote, worse, because I think that. Star Wars made everybody want to be filmmakers. Like everybody who saw it, they wanted to get into the entertainment world somehow. Can I can I just clarify? Is your argument that. The prequels aren't that good, but original no, no, Star no, no, Wars no. is bad. No, my <laughs> argument is that people want to focus on the tiny little uh, issues in the prequels when the rest of it, I feel like, is really good. I think when you when you point out, like, because 
everybody who became a fan of Star Wars, like I haven't met somebody who's a serious Star Wars fan who hasn't wanted to get into entertainment or arts somehow. And a lot of people that was through filmmaking and a lot of those people went to film school and wanted to be critics. And then those are the type of people who like to nitpick on things. I remember my short time at a film school where people spent uh, watching The Dark Knight, which everybody hailed as like one of the greatest genre movies ever made, and just pointing out all these little issues they had with it because it's just the natural inclination. And I think that you can point out those little issues about everything, but when the, with the prequels, that combined with the internet just made everybody focus on those little things. But I think there's a lot of really good stuff. I think that like Phantom Menace, for example, has I mean, obviously the amazing pod racing, obviously the amazing lightsaber fight. I think Qui-Gon is a really interesting character and I think yeah that's hard to define the protagonist but who's a protagonist of Empire Strikes Back who's a protagonist of a multi-plot film like who there that's not the definition of a good or bad movie is if you can name who the protagonist is okay my uh, two of my biggest things that frustrate me about the prequels is the comedy okay it's horrible I, it's not all horrible. There's there's a couple of really bad jokes in there. C-3PO says, what a drag. That is one of those really bad jokes. And also the continuity with the original films. There, which happens every single prequel that has ever been made for anything has always had those little continuity things. Oh, it shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't, but it does not ruin because the thing that I love about those movies still. No, but but the thing is, is like, for instance, Princess Leia says she remembers her mother. Okay. And you can then go, well, she was born first, and so she remembers she they held and go, but Luke was born first, and the R two D two thing is another thing, and I just I just think that they. They focused... He started the story too early in The Phantom Menace. I I think that whoever played Anakin should have been the same character the whole way through, much like Natalie Portman. Yeah. And he wasn't so young. He still could have been a pod racer or whatever, but he was like a teenager. And they could have found him doing it then. And they wouldn't have had to have... And had the same actor. The whole way through. Yeah. And there's stuff like... There's no way that... And I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the Phantom Edit? I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it, but, I, but I'm familiar with its existence. You should see it. So just for those that are catching up, the Phantom Edit is a, uh, a very famous fan edit yeah. of the Phantom Menace. Maybe like the, 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 the fan edit that sort of made fan edits a thing. Yeah. Which are now a, a huge sort of genre on the internet. How Anakin blew up the droid ship by mistake no he should have done it out of anger well no he should have known what he was doing because he was this amazingly gifted pilot well see that's well that's one of the things that like I think um, the pod race scene does Darth, Darth Vader Whoops! I think that the, the Padre scene does a lot better at displaying what they were, what he wanted to do with Anakin in the first place because he wins the Padre's not by you know using the Force, trusting his instincts. He wins it by being crafty and figuring out how to mess with Sebulba's pod, and so it's which I love is this like great kind of dichotomy against Luke who you know was successful in the trench run because he used the Force, and I think that type of moment. 
I agree, should have been used uh, for the thing, but I think those those elements are still there in the prequels. To hear the full episode, along with hundreds of hours of bonus content, I would invite you to check out the Steel Wars Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. For just $3 a month, you get a dedicated RSS feed that easily pastes into any podcast app you use, sending the complete archives of Steel Wars episodes along with bonus Patreon exclusives like movie commentaries, Q&As, and shows like the Making Steel Wars show, which I make exclusively for Patreon members with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net, where we try to find the news behind the news. Plus, you'll get the bonus segments from the call-in shows, which sometimes can be over an hour. And as well as all the bonus content, you get that warm glow that you are supporting this show you listen to each week. The idea behind Patreon is if lots of people chip in a little bit of cash, that content producers such as myself can still keep producing for you guys while still being able to feed our very cute Ewok-looking cats. There's a hungry cat involved in this, guys as well as some sweet, sweet content. Check out all the super fun tiers and all the shows you're missing out on at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And may that force be with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.